fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Thirty something movie podcast. It's another movie podcast. Another show. Bo, Pat, you're here. We are oh, here. John. We're here. Yeah. Fired up, ready to go. Hey, that's where you <laughs> Hey, that's where you are. Do I know you? No, but that's where you are. You're there. <laughs> you are. Hey, there you are. I taught that to Nora the other day. I'm like, Nora, you could just walk up to a stranger at some point and just be like, hey, there you are. Do I know you? No, but that's where you are. You're there. She's like, well, she's like, but when I try to do things like that, people never answer the right way. I'm like, I know. I understand. <laughs> oh, man. Nora, Nora strikes me and you tell I me, mean, I like just tell you tell me if I'm wrong, but she strikes me as the kind of person that it's like we as society need to catch up to her pace you know like she is right like the humor and everything like she's just a couple steps ahead of us and it's like it's not we we don't tell her to slow down it's like we need to and this is a compliment i mean it is a compliment yeah, yeah. but yeah no it's yeah it's it's like um somehow there's like five decades worth of humor inside a one decade old body that's outstanding yeah. old soul yeah yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. When she used to be in a preschool class, she used to talk to her teacher about how much they both like Neil Diamond. <laughs> That's outstanding. And and now she's a big fan of the Beatles and the Beach Boys. So, you know. Uh, so right there, you yeah. just rest easy knowing that you've done good. I do. I don't worry about her. No. It's others. <laughs> but not oh. her. But not her. No. John's. Others outs, outside the family. Outside sure. the family. Sure. Them too. Uh, no, actually, it's, and funny listening to the the intro to the show there, um, Nora has decided, oh, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, um, Nora has decided she wants to do a podcast as well, and so I'm not going to say the name of her podcast because she wouldn't want anybody to steal her idea, but she wants to do a podcast about Harry Potter, and so she's wanting me to help her get set up with all this stuff so she can record it, she can do like the audio sound effects, the stuff like that, and um so we were talking about earlier, she said, well, how do you do some of the stuff you do for your podcast? And I said, well, you know how sometimes I will, you know, I, I put together kind of the intro music and I put together some of the little, like when we transition to different segments, I put that together. And then every once in a while I'll have like little quotes from movies that if I want to just play it to be funny, I just push a button and it plays it to be funny. And, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I know when you do this because she's listened to some of our shows before Lord help her. Um, hi Nora. <laughs> and, hi Nora. Hi Nora. And uh, hi John. We're not leaving you out too. Um, but uh, and I said every once in a while, like just to be funny, I will, I, like I have one or two in particular that I'll use all the time. And uh, and she's like, like what? 
And I said, well, you know, I've got some that are, if I want to kind of jokingly tell the guys on the podcast, um, you know, if I want to pretend like I'm disagreeing with them on something, then I'll play this one. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Quiet. So, so, so I said, yeah, I've got clips from a movie. And if I want to, she said, there's this, I said, there's this one from kindergarten cop. She's like, Oh, I know that one. It's not a tumor. <laughs> and I said, no, it's not that one. She's like, I know, but it has the one. It's like, not a tumor. It's like, it might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. And then you've got the kid that's obsessed with death. And he talks all about death. And he's like, I'm like, wait a minute. Did you listen to that episode? She's like, no, you just explained the movie to me one day. Like, that's cool. Okay. So, uh, so we'll, we'll get her going with her podcast. We could, we'll start a whole little podcast network here. That would be awesome. Oh, 30 well, something presents and be, hello to, hello to John Ezra as well to, to him as well. So we are the 30 something movie podcast. We're here to talk movies before mm-hmm. we talk movies. Um, first of all, how are you guys doing? Well, John, how are you? Is, is life treating you well? Is life holding the door open for you as you walk through is, is life laying its coat down in the puddles that you can walk over. I just learned to uh, like jumping in puddles. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> or do we need to call and report life on you on uh, <laughs> the way it treats you? And do you have a situation? Do you need to blink twice to let us know that you need, that you need help? I just learned to jump in puddles, John. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Pat. Good answer. Oh boy. Someone asked me the other day at work, we had a big work to do, you know, one of those, uh, what do you call that? Where the kids aren't there, but the teachers, uh, Institute day, we had a big Institute day and <laughs> mon- someone stopped Monday? by. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, you mean the kids and, aren't there uh, physically. Okay. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was called Monday. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, someone said, Hey, Pat, you're on a boat. I'm like, I'm on a boat. And they're like, how long you been on the boat? And I said, oh, I've been on the boat since about last March. And they're like, well, are you coming back? And this was actually the conversation. Are you coming back anytime soon? I'm just like, no, nah, man. I said, no, why not? I said, things are better on the boat. <laughs> so I'm just going to stay out on the boat and learn to jump in the puddles. <laughs> Dennis, now, Dennis was on the boat. I dropped him off in the Pacific Northwest and I'm just going to keep sailing. <laughs> that's right. And right now, everybody listening to this podcast is like, dude, what is up with Pat? <laughs> like that, my whole like talk for the last two minutes made no sense. No sense at all. Pat's zoom backdrop is the, uh, the boat from so, jaws. So. It's the orca. That's yep. right. Yep. I think we're going to need so, a bigger boat. Bigger boat. That's right. Well, uh, I, before we get going on this one, uh, this is actually one of our Patreon uh, patron listeners choice episodes. Uh, this is Jason Colvin, one of our co-executive producers through Patreon, uh, cool. recommended this one to us. So this time around, our episode is on the 1990 movie Internal Affairs. So that's the movie we're going to be talking about today. So thank you to Jason Colvin, one of the hosts of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. you got to go listen to those guys. Um, they have a great show. Pat, you were talking about their Motley Crue episode before we started recording. Yeah, Dr. Feel Good. Motley Crue, one of my favorite bands. Loved them. And uh, uh, listening to Motley Crue and, and uh, loved hearing uh, the, the podcast. Those guys, great job. Thank you guys so much. That was uh I would say a rare treat, but let's be honest. I mean, like all of your episodes are treats. So, yeah. I mean, that one was, was, was pretty awesome. So thank you guys very much for that. 
Yeah, no, they they put out a great show every single time. So if you have not listened to them, you got to go check them out. They're on Twitter at Shirley Podcast, um, but go check them out. They're on iTunes. They're in all the different places where you can uh, catch podcasts. So please go check them out because those guys are awesome uh, and good friends of ours, too. All right. Uh, so very, very quickly before we I think we got maybe like one or two news things. Um, we spoil freely here. So just be warned right up in front. We spoil Visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can rate, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon if you would like to do that, where then you too can choose a movie for us to talk about. Um, you will also get uh, access Is to- you two's going to tell us what movies to watch? You too, absolutely. Yes. Bono, The Edge, the whole deal? Yes. They are going to oh. they're going to call in and they're going to tell us to watch Big Top Pee Wee. Nice. I, I don't know Top why. I, I really don't know why I went with that one. This feels like it's going to be one of those random episodes. Are we going to be random? I'm going to hold myself in. I'm going to dial it Why in. Why not? It could be. I, this is all for Jason's amusement. We might as well be. Pretty much. Like this is Jay. Whatever Jason wants is Jason gets. He's basically Lola. <laughs> <laughs> now there's an image. <laughs> I just, speaking of images, I don't want any gifts popping up on screen. Okay, I'm going I, to keep my eyes averted. I, you know, I will do my absolute worst. I mean, never mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so yes, head over to our, our website. If you want to check that out, uh, we have a brand new website up there. It's got a lot of cool stuff there. Um, great ways to kind of interact with the show, find some old episodes, uh, kind of see what we're about. And, um, so yeah, head on over there, check it out. 30 podcast, three zero podcast.com. Uh, and then that can also take you to all of our other like, uh, social media stuff, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. All right. Uh, I think we have, I think we got, some news stuff here, so let's fire that up. All right, so, Bo, I think you had some news for us. Yeah, so those may or may not have heard um, in the wake of Star Trek Discovery, there is another animated Star Trek coming. Star Trek Prodigy, an upcoming American animated television series created for Nickelodeon, um, is part of the expansion of the Star Trek franchise, headed by executive producer Alex Kurtzman. Kurtzman. Prodigy follows a group of teenagers who use an abandoned starship to search for adventure. Um, And the big news this week was that Kate Mulgrew stars as Catherine Janeway, reprising her role from Star Trek Voyager. Nice. So that is the update. More animated Star Trek in our future, and... um, more power to them. Let's do it. Very nice. Very nice. Cool. Yeah, they're going a lot in the uh, in the animated route lately. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of good you can do um, in science fiction animation because you're not uh, uh, constrained mm-hmm. by the bipedal nature of the humanoid species. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, granted, digital lets you do a lot these days, but I think in animation you can you can have some more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you've seen lower decks, there's a lot you can do with a dog. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, Pat. That's kind of a spoiler. Uh, that's okay. Much you like people, what? much like people having no clue what you're talking about with your boat. You have no clue what we're talking about. That's okay though. That, talk away. I don't want to be, I don't want to hold up the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you hold up the show as the bedrock of the show. The rock. You are the foundation of the show. Yeah. Thank right. you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You are the rock. Like you are our Dwayne Johnson. 
man, I'm going to have to go do some sit-ups and push-ups and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to, you know, live up to that one. <laughs> all right. Any other news stuff? I know kind of based on when this episode will come out, um, you know, sometimes our, our news stuff is a little dated by the time some of our episodes come out. Um, but I know I did see the other day that, um, oh gosh, I'm going to blank on, on her name. Um, she was the actress that played the, the woman that was encased in gold in the James Bond movie. She passed away the other day. Oh, God, what was her name? I had that. It was like, it had popped up on my phone the other day and I saw it and I am now blanking out on what her name was. But anyway, the actress who was, uh, who, who died as a result of being covered in gold, she did pass away. Hmm. Um, and I feel like I saw a couple other more famous people had passed away recently, but yeah. All right. Well, I completely blank out on their names. So that's as far as I'm going to take that. Yeah. If we, if we think of them, we'll shout the names off, go back, splice it in. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Right. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, I don't think we have any other news stuff until we, uh, before we get in the movie here. So we can just go ahead and jump on right into our movie. Uh, again, this is a Patreon um, kind of listener's choice episode. So if you would also like to have a listener's choice episode uh, co-executive produced by yourself, you can head on over to our website and you can check out our Patreon link um, and join us at one of the levels that we've got. That we've got a whole bunch of different levels, ways that you can support the show. Um, we just love it if you come listen to the show as well. But, you know, there is a little bit of a cost associated with doing the show. So we do it because we love it. I mean, we're not we're not here to, you know, if maybe if the podcast wanted to make enough money that we could quit our jobs and just do this all the time. I would not be opposed to that. Uh, I'm quitting my job. I think about it every day right now. (laughs) I I had somebody on my on my team had said, you know, lately I, I wasn't planning to retire for another like three or four years. But I don't know. I, I talked to financial advisor and mm-hmm. it would be doable now. And, and I so the other day I said, so let me ask you a question. What if you're not even 40 yet and you're like 20 some years away from retirement? Is there any kind of like early retirement plan scenario for someone like that? And, and she basically just looked at me on the Zoom call and laughed and said, <laughs> no. <laughs> Ha 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 ha! Quiet. quiet. <laughs> no, you do not get to retire. So, yeah, that's all right. At some point, at some point, I'll just I'll I'll pull a Dennis. I'll just get up and leave and end up in the Scottish Highlands somewhere. Yes, I'll learn to play mm-hmm. the bagpipe and you know, take my wife and my dog and go to the Scottish Highlands. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and start in with our movie here. Our movie this time around is Internal Affairs. This one came out on the 12th of January, 1990, rated R. Runtime of one hour, 55 minutes. Directed by Mike Figgis, who also did Leaving Las Vegas and Time Code. Producer on this one was Frank Mancuso Jr., who did Species and Ronin. Uh, sorry, I should have said that like Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Species. Species. I, just, I like the way he says it. I like the way you talk. Uh, writer on this one was Henry Bean, uh, who also did The Believer and Basic Instinct 2, Basic Instinctor. Uh, That's not the name of the movie. Cinematography was done by John A. Alonzo, who died in 2001. He also did The Magnificent Seven and Star Trek Generations. 
Music for this one was done by three different people, Brian Banks, Mike Figgis, and Anthony Marinelli. Uh, Banks did Young Guns, Figgis did Leaving Las Vegas, Marinelli did Sliders, the TV series. Budget on this one, couldn't find numbers for a budget. Box office was 27.7 million. Flick Metrics gives this a 63% and Cinema Score gives it a score of a B. Richard Gere plays Dennis Peck. He was in Pretty Woman and Chicago. Andy Garcia as Raymond Avila. Avi, was it Avila or Avila? Bob Vila. Bob Vila, this old house. I miss that show. It's a good show. I do like, I'm going to go into the greatest generation guys again. I do like it when they do their little segments of like, you know, when you're going to fix up, uh, when you're fixing up your house, you're going to, yeah, 220, whatever it takes. Um, that actually came up in a, that came up in a, uh, uh, administrative meeting the other day. Somebody, really? actually, somebody actually said that without my prompting, like they, they didn't even, they didn't, I don't, one of the, one or two of them don't know me well enough yet to know because we've done most of our working over zoom to know okay. how much I enjoy movies. And somebody, okay. and somebody said that they're like, yeah, you know, two twenty, two twenty one, whatever it takes. And, and, and somebody was like, oh yeah, it's from the money pit. I'm like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. what? Mm-mm-mm. No, it's not from the money pit. I'm going to jump in and sound like a nerd here. <laughs> I feel kind of funny correcting your movie quote. <laughs> did you correct it? I did. Absolutely. I did. All right. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I, no, mm-mm. that's, that's wrong. And you're going to sit in your wrongness and just be wrong. Be wrong. Yeah. Nancy Travis was, I, I didn't say who, uh, what Andy Garcia has been in, even though we all know he was in the oceans 11. Uh, he was also in Godfather part three, Nancy Travis uh, played Kathleen. She was in, so I married an ax murderer and three men and a baby. Lori Metcalf mm-hmm. played Amy Wallace. She was in Roseanne and lady bird, Richard Bradford, who died in 2016 played Greeb. He was in the untouchables and the chase. William Baldwin played Van Stretch. He was in Backdraft and Sliver. Michael Beach played Dorian Fletcher. He was in Aquaman and Soul Food. Catherine Borowitz played Tova Arokas. She was in Baby Boom and The Man Who Wasn't There. Faye Grant played Penny. She was in V, the TV series, and The Greatest American Hero. And John Capellus uh, played Stephen Arokas. He was in The Breakfast Club and The Shape of Water. Uh, and now for our synopsis. In the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are the, I'm sorry, that's the wrong synopsis. I I copied and pasted the wrong thing. In the Los Angeles police department, officer Dennis Peck played by Richard Gere is a divisive figure or divisive. If you're British loved by those who are loyal to him and looked on with suspicion by others his disreputable behavior and dubious finances. Somebody who wrote this synopsis got really fancy with the words. Yeah. Like I'm reading through, I read through this earlier, but I didn't read through it out loud. I'm like, those are loaded and looked on with suspicion by others. His disreputable behavior and dubious finances aroused the suspicion of internal affairs and Sergeant Raymond Avila uh, or Avia. I can't even remember how they pronounced it in the movie. I think, depending on the character, it gets pronounced both ways. I think so, right? And I think we're. I think if we really paid attention, we would know which one is right. But right. Eh. Yeah, I know his yeah. first name was Raymond. I just yep. remember how they put it. So it's kind of like the British when they pronounce uh, when I when I pronounce the word tortilla schedule, and they call it tortilla. 
schedule and vitamins or it's like exactly or it's like when i want to go to portillo's but i ask siri to give me directions to the nearest portillo's and she gives me direction directions to portillo's oh that's good funny mm-hmm. there that's that's pretty good it's pretty good so apparently portillo's is now a mexican restaurant that's that's fine uh for those of you who don't know what portillo's is because you live in different parts of the country i'm sorry as soon as the pandemic is over please come visit chicago or apparently Arizona or Florida, because I think they've put them down there now. Yep. Uh, anyway, the uh, two cops in an internal affairs are assigned to investigate uh, Dennis Peck. When a series of witnesses are murdered, they realize uh, he realizes Raymond realizes his life is in danger, along with that of his wife, played by Nancy Travis. I think most people want to be bad it's because it is bad. Oh, we have cops. Except the cops, the guy who wants to do it worst of all. Don't move, don't move. Hands up. The internal affairs is the most uh, important division on the force. We have to be better than the other cops. What do you think he's doing? Could be a lot of things. I want you to kill my mother and father. What? You go after Dennis Peck right or wrong and you don't get him. You're dead in the department. And if you do get him, it could be even worse. We're in trouble, aren't we? You know anything about this this kid, Raymond Avila? You have a very pretty wife, don't you? Do you have to kiss every single person at the party tonight? A little skinny for my taste, but they say skinny ones get good. Hey, Sergeant! Hey, what are you talking about? Who'd you have lunch with? Who'd you have lunch with? Hi, Raymond. Do you have enough for a formal complaint? No. Then shut up! All those friends you have on the force, you don't have them anymore. Police officer! Richard Gere. I'm gonna take care of things, don't worry about it. Andy Garcia. He's a dirty cop. You testify against Dennis Peck, who will grant you immunity. Did he contact you? Lock the door. Are you alright? Yeah, lock the door. Yeah. Don't say anything. Take it off! Hi, Raymond. Internal affairs. Can I trust you? Of course you can trust me. I'm a cop. Don't trust him. Yeah. Don't do it. All I right. I recommend it. No. Mm-mm. All right. So, first question. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip for now the question of give me one word or whatever you know about this movie. You get us started off with it. First question. They say in the trailer. Everybody wants to be bad. Is that true? Does everybody want to be bad? I think it depends on how you define bad, but I think everyone likes to have a little adventure and maybe sneak one over on the man. But I think bad is an interesting way to put it. Everybody else or me? Am I speaking for the rest of the world or am I speaking for myself? Speak for humanity, Pat. Yes. Oh, the humanity. Yes. Uh, does everybody want to be bad? I, you know, yeah, in, in real life, I think there's people that like to do stuff just 
I don't know, to see what they can get away with and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, like Bo said, it's, it's, that's, that's kind of a deep question. So maybe that's what this podcast episode is going to be about is, you know, you know, uh, unpacking that statement, but in the same token, you know, like, you know, let's say you're at work and something comes down the pipeline and you're not happy about it. Or, you know, one of the higher ups tells you to do something and, you know, you don't want to do it. And I think, you know, it's easy for us all to be like, Oh, they're just, you know, that they're just jerks and they don't get it. And and it's kind of like, well, let's just assume for a minute that they're not, they're not trying to be bad. They're not trying to, you know, they're just looking at things differently. You know what I'm saying? So I think, so yes, I do think there's people out there that just like want to get away with things and just kind of want to be jerks. But then in the same token, I think sometimes that's an easy cop out to say is, oh, they're, they're just jerks. They just don't get it and everything as opposed to, no, they're just maybe looking at it from a different perspective. Let's engage with them and kind of find out where they're coming from. And, you know, they're not doing it just to be bad. They're doing it because that's how they're seeing the world or this project or this thing, at, you know, whatever it is. And so let's not just dismiss them because they're bad. Let's try and kind of see where they're coming from. Did that answer your question? Or were you looking for a one word answer to the deep question? You answer my question. Okay, good. Yeah. Is it human nature to want to do bad things? Like, is there always the little, that little temptation, that little rebellion that, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, to Bo's point. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't think I would say bad. I'm not sure that everyone wants to be bad. Everybody wants, I think everybody wants freedom and what form that freedom takes. Maybe it's, a little bit of rebellion from the rules, from the law, from what's expected of you, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think that for a movie like this, and it's, and it's appropriate for a movie of this style is they need to craft a world for you in which everyone is bad. Like you, you just, you, it, you're like the onion of bad and you're just peeling back the layers of all of the sin and corruption and all this other stuff that goes on. And I think it's just kind of the, I, w I will say, I haven't asked how we feel about this movie yet, but I will say, obviously, I, en I enjoyed this movie. I was entertained more by this movie than I was by Blue Velvet. But I think like Blue Velvet was another one. Like it was trying to, you remember Pat, we were talking about it and we were talking about how we know it's supposed to be like the bugs underground are supposed to be the metaphor for the seedy underbelly of society. And I, and I think, yeah, I think, yeah. I think this is a movie where it's trying to do the same thing. Like it's setting a tone instead of there being like a color palette, like, you know, some movies you have a very clear color palette on how things mm -hmm. are visually supposed to look. I think this, the atmosphere, like the air, the oxygen of this movie is, I don't know. Do you want to call it? sin greed you know mm -hmm. i pick any of the seven deadly sins maybe and that's kind of like the air that this movie breathes is and that and that's the that's the setup for the whole thing and so obviously if if that's not something that appeals to you this is not a movie that's you know you're not going to enjoy that mm -hmm. necessarily so i don't think i don't think everybody wants to be bad i think everybody wants a little bit of freedom now and then you know, maybe from what they see as the constraints of 
a life that's not working out the way they ex- they had expected or if they follow the rules all the time and they just want that you know they they want that one chance just to do something um mm-hmm. you know and, and obviously some people are to a, a greater degree and there's obviously more willingness to do more bad so yeah well and it's it's interesting because it's like uh it's um it, like, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're talking about the movie, see, this is where I get a little bit fishy when it's a fictional story, uh, you know, like this, because it's like for fiction, you can kind of write whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can construct a world that, you know, is upside down, whether it's representative of the real world or not, you know, so that's kind of hard to say, okay, does, is, you know, based on this movie, does everybody want to be bad? Which was not your question. I'm not, you know, but based on this movie, well, this movie is fiction. So, I mean, it, we can't really take this movie as an example for all of real life. I mean, you can kind of write the bad guys in the, in the fictional movie, sort of like they do in Scooby-Doo, you know, real bad guys kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, but that's kind of a side point. I mean, that's where this question is so interesting is there's so many different ways to address it. I think sometimes, you know, do people want to be bad? And, you know, you mentioned the freedom thing and, and all that. And, and, you know, not as a, not as a counterpoint to what you're saying. I don't want this to come in like as a, like a rebuttal or something, but I think, you know, another way to look at that too is, you know, are, are people not wanting to be bad or, or maybe they just want a little freedom from the rules, but sometimes that can be a cop out for just kind of like lack of discipline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, we don't necessarily need to go into uh, uh, current events to kind of, you know, bring the discussion there, but you know, that could be another thing is, you know, someone, Oh, I'm going to take the, you know, everything from, you know, okay, are you going to eat healthy food or are you going to eat junk food? Um, are you going to, uh, you know, speed on the way home or are you going to drive within the, you know, within the speed limit? Are you, you know, and sometimes it can just be, Oh, I'm just going to be a little bad. You know, it's like, it's, it's like you give yourself this cop out, like, okay, here's this bigger, deeper thing. I'm just, I'm choosing to be a little bad, but you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, well, it's not a matter of you're being bad. You're just kind of framing it and giving yourself like, uh, uh, you know, you're giving yourself a cop out. I mean, it's like, you know, my kids are old enough. Now they're noticing dad, how fast are you driving? Uh, yeah, I'm driving a little bit quick. And it's sort of like, why are you doing that? And then it's like, I mean, if I'm going to say, well, I'm just being a little bad, it's a cop out. I'm going to tell you the truth. I like driving fast. I'm going to slow down though. Cause it's not safe with you guys in the car, you know, I, and it's not the appropriate place. I got to go out to a racetrack. They got racetracks. You can drag race. You can road race. You can do, you know, I, I enjoy being called out on things like that by the children. Yeah. There, yeah. there was one time Sharon, I think was in the car with the kids and, and uh, a light uh, traffic light started to turn, uh, turned yellow and then was going to turn red and uh, when it started to turn yellow, she very much, you know, slowed the car down and came to a stop. <laughs> and Nora said, Mom, why, why do you stop when it turns yellow? Dad speeds up with those. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I knew I liked I do, that kid. Oh, like, I do not. I do not always speed oh. up when it's a yellow light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you. It's I a mean, question you know, of airspeed velocity and. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. I got to blow the cobwebs out of the car, guys. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it works. Yeah, you know, it's it's it. That's one of those things that you know, the kids can have that honesty, and that that holds the mirror up. And you know, like I said, and I mean, I'm not I'm not some great parent or some you know wonderful sterling human being by any stretch of anybody's imagination. But that's kind of it. It's just like, yeah, the kids ask, and it's like, yeah, I. I can kind of lie and obfuscate and all that kind of stuff, or I can just kind of own it. Yeah, this is it. And you know, yeah. and if I'm going to say this is bad, okay. Like, why did I tell you you shouldn't be eating treats and I'm eating like 10 tons of M&Ms? Yeah, you're right. I'm going to put the M&Ms away. Or I'm just going to say, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, so I don't know. That's an interesting statement that you brought up, John. <laughs> my, my comment is usually, you know what, when you're an adult, you can eat all the M&Ms you want. <laughs> I have purchased Daddy has earned these M&Ms. Yeah, right. Daddy should not be eating this many M&Ms, but Daddy has earned these M&Ms. And sometimes Daddy just wants to be bad. Right. <laughs> the, mo- the movie Internal Affairs taught Daddy that he wants to be bad and eat all of these M&Ms. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's let's go back to our typical original question here, um, and I'll make it kind of a two-parter. First of all, um, when you watched this movie, can you sum up your viewing experience of this movie in one word or short phrase? And had you seen this movie before? I will start by saying um, my one word or phrase, I would say suspenseful. I'm going to go with suspenseful. Um, I had not seen this one before. Like I, I had seen the uh, movie cover, DVD cover, whatever before, you know, it's one of these that I've seen, you know, in different places. I don't know if it was on Netflix at one point or, you know, cycling through some other stuff. I, I know I had seen this somewhere, um, but I had never seen this. I'd never sat and watched the entire movie before. So this was a first time viewing for me. Um, and, and the short and quick version of it, my word was suspenseful, but um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's one, I don't know. I don't know if it would ever be a repeat viewing for me, but I'm glad that I watched it. I really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed the movie was entertained by it. Had a lot of great people in it. Um, so yeah, no, it was, uh, I don't know if I want to say, you know, Pat, sometimes to your point, I'm like, I don't know if I want to say it was fun to watch. Um, you know, but I thought, you know, for, for the subject matter, for what it was a cop drama, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, what did you uh, what did you feel about this one? Have you seen this one before? I thought I had going into it, but I am confusing it with something else, and I don't know what. Um, I had definitely not seen it. Um, I sort of felt it was formulaic, um, but in my house, we watch a lot of cop shows. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some of that is... Did you just my frame of reference? Bo, you didn't mistake this for like another movie called internal affairs. Did you? Maybe. Like, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm thinking of like a type of movie that you'd have to go into the, uh, the, through the beaded curtain to the back of the video store. Right. No, I, I, I got where you were going. I was trying to keep us family friendly here. Oh, you know, you know. <laughs> John, John just needed to be bad. Mm-hmm. I just want to be bad. <laughs> I can't figure it out. I can't put my finger on it. What I confuse this movie with, but it's happened to me a couple of times lately. We're going to talk about another movie on an upcoming podcast where I had the same problem. Really? Okay. Um, 
And so I don't know if I'm just confusing it with other movies that reference the internal affairs department mm-hmm. of the police, which there are several. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I felt it was very cop formulaic. Um, you know, they, you, they bring down the dirty cop in the end. Did the like star power in this movie do enough to get past the formulaic part of it for you? There's a lot of there's a lot of people in here that have you know gone on to do other big things. Yeah, I was actually surprised with some of the people in it. That was when I started to realize I had not seen this movie. Okay, it's like oh, there like as you see the names scroll across the screen, you're like oh, okay, yeah, um, a young Laurie Metcalf um, was was fun to watch um in a dramatic role for a change <laughs> right in a dramatic role but still still I know. she's she's still done some others but i for the most part true I, to her i still know her, her mostly from roseanne right true to her general character oh she does a lot of uh, stage drama yeah she's a i'm gonna get this wrong steppenwolf member okay it's either steppenwolf or goodman and i'm getting them wrong because it's nine o'clock on a tuesday night um but she's she's on stage a lot. Um, young Nancy Travis. It was it was fun to see those characters, see those actors. Definitely one of those. Wow, you know, if you total up the money all these people have made, that's a pretty good career. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it was bad. I just I definitely felt the cop formula. Got it. And then on top of that, there was some, there were some scenes where you were like, ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. would that get made in a, in a, in a movie today? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There were a few where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Pat, what about you? Uh, what's my statement? Man, what's your statement? And had you seen this one before? I have not seen it before. Okay. And my statement is, dude, Andy Garcia is kind of like a tough guy. That's kind of my statement because Andy Garcia spent the entire movie like at, and I'm trying to think like in most of his movies, I don't think he's ever like the most of his movies that I've seen, even when everything's against him, even when you think he's in a situation where, Oh man, he's not going to get out of this. Like, how's he going to, he like doesn't get rattled or flustered and somehow he can throw a look and just be like, dude, I'm like with the look, he can say, yeah, I'm coming for you. You don't scare me. And I at first kind of thought this movie was going to be okay. He's the rookie and figuring all that, like a training day type situation. Um, but that never happened. And when Officer um, uh, Pretty Woman, um, whatever, uh, Richard Gere, Officer, what was it? Officer Peck? Yeah. yeah. When Officer Peck um, was like staring him down, like he just stared right back. And the look on his face, like he sold it. It was just like, dude, get out, get out of my way. You're nothing. You're, you're like, you know, what was that line in Avengers? I'll give you as much care as a boot does that steps on the fly or whatever Loki said, that was kind of what, what um, Andy Garcia says with his looks. So my one statement is, man, Andy Garcia is pretty tough dude. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't mess with him. 
no. And he just, he just gives a look and it's just like, I mean, it's like, man, I'm going to try and have, I, well, I can't ever have Andy Garcia's look, but I'm going to try and have that. If someone's giving me a hard time or messing with me or teasing me or just, it just that look where he's just the stare down. Like I'm going to keep staring, man. You're going to get out of my way and everything's going to be good. So yeah, I thought Andy Garcia really kind of sold it for me in this movie. So as we start to go through the the plot of the movie a little bit here, um, our characters, you know, Raymond, we have uh, Andy Garcia's Raymond. He's joining the internal affairs division. Uh, he's a partner with Amy, um, who is Laurie Metcalf, and they are investigating. They start off by investigating Van Stretch, uh, one of the Baldwin boys. And um, actually, we start the movie with the whole scene of the there's kind of the drug bust and the one guy gets killed and then they're going to have to go through this whole cover up for the whole thing. Um, we get the scene where Van Stretch then, uh, you know, goes back to his home and starts beating up on his girlfriend. Uh, no, actually, it's his wife, right? They're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, a, a, a very young uh, Frodo Baggins is their son, Sean. Oh, he's. So uh, yeah, and th- that was that was one of those scenes that I think was it was a little rough to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because obviously he's you knew it was coming like from the moment he walked in, it was like fingers are twitching when he walks in the room and oh, yeah. uh, you, you know exactly what's coming here. And then just, you know, just to see him hit her and then to see the little boy like jump on him and, you know, you know, get away from her and, you know, all that stuff. It just it was that was one of those scenes that like, I mean, it kind of I think it kind of set the tone for the rest of the movie. It's like this movie mm-hmm. is not going to hold a whole lot back. Um you know, so that was uh, that definitely you, you knew what kind of cop movie this was going to be when you got mm-hmm. into into that point. Um, but uh, so as we get a little bit further, they are uh, the internal affairs folks are interrogating Penny, um, asking some questions that, you know, I, I feel like if this was nowadays, you wouldn't be able to use. And maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'm naive about this, but, you know, using the the whole excuse of uh do you asking the question, do you have marital problems? I don't know. Does the black eye maybe give you any indication of whether mm-hmm. or not you got marital problems? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm naive enough to, if I'm, if I'm too naive about that, but I don't know that even in a fictional movie, I don't know that that would, that would seem almost too obvious to kind yeah. of, kind of treat it the way that they did in this one. But, you know, obviously this was, this was several years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then just kind of her response of uh, none of your business. I'm like, well, I don't know if I was a cop and I was dealing with a uh, investigation of a corrupt cop and I, his wife had a black eye. Uh, I think I would, that probably would be my business. Mm-hmm. That might just be the definition of the business. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the one part I appreciated, and uh, if, if this movie wasn't rated R, I would have shown it to the kids because we I would have shown this part to the kids because we had been talking about this before. Um, I did like where Raymond and his partner, Amy, are kind of staking out Penny. They're like following her and they're yeah. sitting in the convertible and they're holding yeah. the, they're holding the Pepsi cups. Yeah. And I, I had explained to Nora and maybe John at one point about, you know, product placement in movies. And we had talked about that and it said, you know, anytime that you see in a movie, um, actually, you know what it was? It was uh, Spaced Invaders. We had, mm. we, we had been talking about it before Spaced Invaders. And when, to Irish scum, prepared to die scum. Exactly. And um, we had talked about it before then. 
And then when we watched Space Invaders and there were like these advertisements on the side of the, the newspaper box out on the street for something completely fake. I think Nora made the comment. She's like, looks like somebody didn't want to pay for that. <laughs> y- y- yes, <laughs> that that's true. Space Invaders may not have gotten corporate sponsorship. That's OK. Um, but this one in particular, I, I mean, I actually laughed out loud. I know this is not a funny movie, but I laughed out loud when they're sitting there in the convertible. Which I think that was a convertible, wasn't it? Yeah. In a convertible, which is not a great stakeout car to begin with. Um, right. And they're, they're like synchronized. I know, I know teachers are not fans of the word synchronous right now, but they're synchronized synchronously holding their Pepsi cups so that the word Pepsi is yes. perfectly displayed. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it almost felt like I wanted to go back and, and try to catch that scene again. It almost felt like the way they were holding the cup in their hand felt unnatural like they, yeah. they, they were trying too hard to make sure that the word Pepsi showed up on there. So I mean, not a deal breaker for the movie. It like didn't, it, it took me out of the movie for a minute because I actually did laugh at it. I'm like, wow, that's probably the most symmetrical placement of the, of the Pepsi logo on a cup that yeah. someone's holding in a movie I have ever seen. They got like the light centered on the Pepsi logo. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, no, I was just going to say it it was, it was a choice for a new generation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. See what I I did there. (laughs) I'm trying to get corporate sponsorship for the podcast. Okay. Actually, this, this, this episode has already been corporately sponsored by Jason Colvin, but you know, I'm I'm trying to get the other episodes as well. So Pepsi, if you're listening. Yeah. Ooh. I'm sorry. Then you, you know what, Bo? Then you write the jokes. You write the jokes. <laughs> the game, the game we like to play is um, demographics. Yeah. So somebody decided that that commercial mm-hmm. belonged in this show because of the people that watch it. Mm-hmm. And what does that say about us? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. That's awesome. Yeah, that one always gets us thinking a little too hard. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will I'll pull back the curtain here for just a little bit. I did get an email today inviting me to a, a political virtual town hall meeting that was hosted by LeVar Burton and his Star Trek themed. I know. I saw that too. <laughs> you, know what, you know what else is happening? And I was well, like, and I was it like, ended you, before our podcast. Yeah. You know what else was tonight? Was What's Trek that? the Vote. Oh, was that it? Okay. Joe Biden's campaign was hosting a thing. Okay. And I was, I got that email email and I was like, that is such targeted advertising. You know, you know exactly whether I was going to vote for whoever's going to be on this, you know, town hall thing or not, you know, exactly who you're advertising to. And, um, you say LeVar Burton's going to be there. Yeah. I was eating rainbow. (laughs) Yeah. Jordy LaForge. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in that order. I'm going to be like, uh, you guys, I don't think you guys had said you had watched the TV show community, but there were episodes in that when, um, the character Troy gets to meet LeVar Burton a couple of times. And the first time he meets him, he's like, he's angry that he gets to meet LeVar Burton. Cause he's like, I didn't ever want to meet him. Cause I'm not going to be able to handle this well. And he like, he can't talk. He, I think he squeaks <laughs> at him a couple of times and yeah, his friend, well, I gotta like, be honest, I'm not sure I'll do much better if I ever meet the man. So. No, 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 no. I'm gonna start singing the song, but well, the good news is I am far enough away from that, and I don't have kids, so I don't have it in my head like some people. I 
Can okay. <clears throat> anyway. That wasn't an invitation. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is so Pat. I know we're we're kind of getting off of the uh, internal affairs thing here a little bit. I had to call oh, Bo yesterday. Now that we've talked about Star Trek for a moment, I had okay. to call Bo yesterday because I've been doing a rewatch of Enterprise. Yes. And now, and Bo, here's, here's the, here's the really sad part about it is now. It's been a long I, time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Getting from here to here. <laughs> okay. So, no, so here's, here's the deal. Whatever. Yeah. So here's the deal. And Bo, it's actually gotten worse. I'm now doing that whenever anything pauses for more than a few seconds. Oh dear. Because what I was doing before was I've now watched like so many episodes back to back of that, that whenever it would go to commercial, you know how you're watching it on Netflix or wherever. And it does the, you know, the music swells for that scene. And all of a sudden it fades to black because it would have normally been a commercial at the time. And, and then it comes back from the commercial. Every time it does that, every episode, every time it fades to black for each commercial break, I would start going, it's been a long time. And I would do that thing. Well, now, now I was on a zoom call earlier today and the zoom call froze up for a second. And when the zoom call froze up, all of a sudden in my head, I start going, it's been a long time getting from here to there. <laughs> did you start saying it? You should have started. Saying it. I, I did. I don't think, I think my microphone was muted. So I don't think anybody was going to hear me regardless, but. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's become, uh, it's become a habit. All right. So we were, uh, I don't know how the Pepsi cups got us onto Star Trek and mental illness and, and whatever else is going on, but that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, we get a couple of interesting scenes here where Dennis, uh, forces another cop to let go of a call, call girl that he has, um, uh, caught because that's one of his snitches. Um, you could probably call her one of his beck and call girls. Um, Oh dear. Wow. Okay. Oh dear. Same year. I think it's fair game. I think it's fair game. It's the same year, same actor, same year. I, okay. You know what? We're definitely setting the tone. We are but setting the tone, but no kissing on the mouth. Um, and then two scenes later, he's hanging out at night with her in his uniform. So this kind of just shows he really doesn't care. No, he, uh, he definitely Richard Gere played a, definitely a slimy, bad dude, man. Yeah. And, uh, I, did you, did you finish your thought? I don't want to like jump on this too quickly. Or- no, no, go for it. Go for it. There were two scenes in particular that stand it out, stand it out. Uh, Grammar's tough. It's okay. That stand it (laughs) out when I was talking to watching them. Um, They stood out watching them. And the first was when Richard Gere um, shoved the guy over. And then I thought the guy, like, I thought he was going to get up and fight and all that. And that's when they think he released the snitch. Um, but then like he gets up and the way he like starts chuckling, it's okay. All right. All right. Let's calm down. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just kind of that. I, I found that. I don't know why that really, that was very effective in just kind of establishing him as a don't give a hoot and heck kind of guy. Like I'm going to get my way. And he kind of establishing himself as the alpha male, just that scene, just the way he played that scene with the chuckling and kind of patting him on the chest. Like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought that one was really good. Um, and then the other one, when he's talking to um, 
when he's talking to um, uh, Andy Garcia and uh, he's sitting there, he's like, Hey man, let's, can we, can we start over? They're outside on the street corner or the, the front steps or whatever. And he's like, I think we got off on the wrong foot and he's just talking to him. And then all of a sudden he's talking to him and then he starts talking about his wife and the way he works his way into it. You don't realize. And even Andy Garcia is like, are we talking about you or talking about me? And he's like, yeah. And, and you like, I totally expect him to say, no, we're, we're talking about me. And he's just like, yeah, no, we're talking about you and your wife. And it's just like, Whoa, that got, that got real all of a sudden. Like I, and now as I'm saying it, all these other scenes, like I, I think Richard Gere was, was pretty effective as a bad guy in this film. Yeah. He's a slimy dude. Yeah. Yeah. He plays creepy really well. There's a movie where he plays a creepy doctor guy. And I do not remember the name of the movie and I'm going to look it up right now. Dr. T and but the women. No. Yes. No. Is it really? I thought no. that was, I thought that was a comedy. See now I gotta look it up. Okay, I was just I was uh, just joking. Like, yeah, he plays a doctor and he does creepy better than you might think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and might he might not be like a um like a uh and a, yeah 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 I think it's final analysis. Okay, maybe no that doesn't sound right. Plays a shrink in that one. Okay, but he does. As I say, that that sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. (laughs) He's got a streak in him, you know, that he can flip that switch and play a a real serious role really well. Final final analysis sounds like the Steven Seagal cover of uh, the Ah, the Analyze This. (laughs) Found it. Intersection. Okay. From 94. Never heard of or seen that one. Mm. Okay. Creepy. All right. Good creepy. Like, like, but good creepy. Like, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's wrong. Dark. That's wrong. But <laughs> you do it so right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just needed to be bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said, Patrick. <laughs> well said. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't mean to get off too much, but man, like Andy Garcia can look like a tough dude that you mm-hmm. just don't mess with, with a look, but boy, Richard Gere, the way he played those scenes or how about when he was sitting there with his daughter and talking to, um, uh, you know, um, Alec Baldwin's brother and, uh, is sitting there and just kind of looking, pay attention to his daughter and just kind of reaches over and gives him the pat down then rips his shirt open and like to check for a wire, like just the way he handled it. He's like, yeah, and don't ever threaten me. He's speaking like, <laughs> like he would. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Richard Gere. Uh, he, he was definitely a bad guy. Well, he's got Back- a lot of, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Cause you've kind of find out as they're going through this investigation, they kind of find out that, not only is he kind of a corrupt guy, but you know, he's, uh, he's got a whole bunch of like other deals going on. You know, he's got some kind of a situation going on with all of these, uh, these call girls. Um, and he's also a hitman, you know, because he has the, that, um, uh, Steven Arocas, the businessman that, that, uh, calls at his home and leaves a message, you know, he's offered him, what was it like $15,000 to kill his parents? Yeah. And I, even then, like you, you've got this guy offering 15,000 and he's, he almost like treats him like that's an insult. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's, that's not enough money. So he's, you know, he's, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to do a deal under the table, but, um, you know, 
And he and he makes friends with his wife. Yeah. Friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. That that happened all of a sudden. Yeah. That was kind of like, uh, okay, where did that come from? Yeah. So Man. awkward dinner conversation. Yep. Yeah, it was. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, they, as they start to, uh, as they start to kind of gather as much evidence as they can, um, they're trying to, they're kind of trying to pressure, uh, Van stretch to turn against his partner. And, um, you know, he's, he's kind of reluctant to do it at first. And, um, then he does ultimately call his wife Penny and says that he's going to testify and uh, does not realize that when he's on the phone with her, um, she is at that exact moment uh, enjoying the close personal company of a one Mr. Dennis Peck. So, yeah. So that is uh, that is not going to work out in Mr. Van Stretch's favor. Nope. Yeah. Knew that was the writing was on the wall with that scene. So we we follow up with uh, he ends up getting shot in a hit that was arranged by Peck. Um, does not die. He's not dead yet. He he might be feeling much better. Uh, maybe if he just goes for a walk, he'll be okay. But um, then uh, Peck does kind of you know get him down and ultimately strangles him to death. And because that's what you do for your partner, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so, uh, but they do have somebody that does. Um, as, as, uh, part of this kind of chase and shootout, uh, you do have one of these kind of gangsters who does identify Peck as the person who did kill his own partner. So, um, they've, they've kind of, they're closing in at this point. And, uh, Raymond then, uh, as he's kind of closing in, um, Peck decides to then make it even more personal. And, uh, he meets with, um, he meets with Raymond's wife and uh, he starts to kind of lay those seeds of doubt in his mind so that mm-hmm. he can kind of, you know, same conversation he had with him earlier. You know, you can tell as that slimy dude, you know, he's been laying just little tiny, little tiny crumbs of doubt along the way so no. that he can use this against Raymond later on and, and does very, very effectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely manipulative. I mean, it's just yeah, I'm going to keep singing his praises as a slimy, bad, evil person. Well, then you get to that other awkward scene where you've got, um, you know, you've got Raymond goes into the restaurant and just throws that massive fit in the restaurant, like yelling at uh, yelling at Kathleen and slapping her in the restaurant. And yeah, you don't get to do that. No, 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 no. And see, that was the thing. I I think that while it's definitely hard to watch um i think that i think the tone that this movie set told you that stuff like this was going to happen like even your even your hero in this movie is not coming out of this movie a hero right you know i don't think you can look at andy garcia and be like yeah he's he's the good guy he's the hero of this movie eh, there's not really good guys in this movie yeah you know everybody uh everybody's a little messed up even the lighting or the makeup or the coloring or whatever they did. It just was a harsher movie to look at, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't have the same kind of glow or glitz or whatever you'd get, you know, for other movies. This one, it, you looked at it and it, 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 I won't say it seemed like, you know, someone was holding a camcorder level of precision, but it just, it had a harsher edge to it. 
So then as we kind of near the end of the movie, things kind of, uh, we, we find that there is a news report that the parents of uh, Stephen Arocas had been murdered, um, that obviously he had taken the hit out on them. But then Peck shows up and ends up murdering Arocas and his wife. Um, and then uh, Arocas shoots Peck in the foot. So he is wounded. Um, as he is starting to get away, he ends up shooting um, uh, Raymond's partner, Amy. And, uh, you know, she gets shot in the gut. And so she's pretty badly wounded. So he's got to kind of, you know, tend to her first before he can chase after. And, and while he, while Peck gets away, he then, uh, is able to get to his house and then actually ends up finding when Raymond gets home, he finds that Peck is there kind of holding his wife hostage. And, um, you know, he, he basically just bum rushes him and <laughs> knocks him over and, um, you know, just start beating each other up and, uh, ends it up. Uh, I think, um, Raymond ends up getting shot in the leg at one point, and then kind of Peck goes into this whole thing of, you know, he's, he's, that's just the way he is. Like the fact that he is corrupt, the fact that he is a slimy dude, that, uh, he can manipulate people like this. That's just, you know, he's, he's gotta, he's gotta provide for all of his kids. So he's gotta be this way. Like he's gotta get the extra money. He's gotta like, basically he's a family man is what he's trying to say. Exactly. Exactly. Like I'm just, I'm just a dad. I'm just a dad trying to provide for my children. Yeah. I don't know about any of that. So, uh, so we can put together a, a short painting of a bunch of different characters holding like the world's greatest dad coffee mug. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I nominate uh, Dennis Peck, Darth Vader. Um, let's see who else world's best dads that would go in that painting that actually are, are the worst fathers ever. I think you're naming all the big ones. Those are the two I can think of right off the top of my head. Yeah. Just keep naming those folks. So yeah, you know, use your kids to come up with an excuse for why you should be a corrupt cop that kills people and manipulates and all that other stuff. It's why you have kids, right? That's why you You have kids. That and rake the leaves. That too. Right. Right. All very true. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so basically Peck does not want to go to prison because I'm sure he probably knows what would happen to him in prison, uh, if he were to go. And so he tries to pull a knife, uh, but then ends up getting shot many several's of times. And, um, then basically at that point he, he falls down dead and roll credits. Yep. So you don't, you don't really get any kind of, I don't want to say you get any kind of resolution, to the movie because it's one of those movies where it, it ends very suddenly. And I don't know that it needs to go into a whole lot of resolution because I think you kind of get the sense that nobody's life is going to be okay. Right. Like regardless of what, yeah, you, did you get the bad guy? You got the bad guy. You shot the bad guy dead, but Raymond and his wife are not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get that when the credits are rolling, you still see, I think it kind of faded to black and white a little bit as the credits are rolling. And you kind of see she's sitting on the bed. She's, you know, obviously devastated with what's happened. Uh, Raymond is there and he doesn't necessarily go over to comfort her right away. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that in the way he ended up treating her when he thought that she was having an affair with Peck, I'm not sure their relationship is going to last very long. Yeah, it didn't seem to be built on trust and mm-hmm. 
working things out and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of, uh, we don't have a happy ending here. Um, and we don't have, we don't even have like a, I don't even, I don't even think we have like a redeeming ending, but I think that's okay for this type of movie. I think that's, I think that's fine. Um, I don't think you need it. If this was a buddy cop movie, I would say otherwise. Yeah. But then this movie would be very different. It was a, if it was a buddy cop movie. Yep. So yeah. One of the interesting things about this, I was reading on IMDb. There was a completely different ending to this, um, where Mm -hmm. they kind of fought a little bit more and actually, um, he ends up was, uh, Raymond ends up rushing him and they like crash out the window and, and fall into the swimming pool outside Mm -hmm. And like, and like at some point, yeah. Um, and at some point, like he shoots him and like, they manages to get his gun and he shoots him and it kind of seems like both of them have drowned. And then Kathleen jumps into the pool and pulls him out, pulls Raymond out. Um, and like, she's screaming at him, don't die, don't die. And you know, she gives him, I don't know if she gives him mouth to mouth or whatever, but, um, and, uh, you know, he, he, ends up getting revived and then Peck's dead body is just like bobbing in the water next to them. And they hear the, the uh, ambulance sirens coming and, you know, she's laughing and relieved that her husband's okay and, and whatnot. And, and I guess they did that, but then they tested that scene with audiences and audiences were like, no, don't like it. Huh. So then they just went with kind of like the, you know, have him monologue for a minute about being a sociopath, shoot him dead and roll credits. Right. So, which I think, you know, given, given the type of movie it was, I think it's probably a better choice. Like I, um, with a movie like this, like it's almost hard to say I like the ending, but I think for the type of movie it was, I did like the ending. I think that was a good way to end this movie. Um, yeah. you know, so definitely entertaining movie. A one, I don't know if I, if I'd give it a, a rewatch at some point. Um, if we were on, let me put it this way. Every once in a while, when we have a little bit more free time on occasion, my wife and I will get on kind of like a kick of let's watch a few Richard gear movies. Let's watch a few uh, of this director. Let's, you know, we get on little themes every now and then. So if I was to get on a theme of let's watch Richard gear as a villain, kind of a movie, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I might rewatch this one again at some point. Yeah, I, I I think there's parts that I want to go back and see, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, if I'm gonna reach for you know a cop movie, I'll probably reach for some like Lethal Weapon, you sure. know, or Die yeah. Hard or something that has a little bit more action and fun action and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I you know I I think you could definitely rewatch this movie. I know there's parts that I want to go back over, but yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Well, what about you? Any kind of final thoughts on how this movie sat with you? You're on mute. Well, I didn't have anything interesting to say anyway. Everything you said was absolutely profound. That was probably the greatest thing I have ever heard. It's amazing. I'm so glad everyone got to hear that. I can see your lips lips moving. I just can't hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's a whatever the wax on wax off comment was just outstanding. Well timed and well played. It was. Yeah. I just was wondering when Alec Baldwin is going to show up to give that monologue. Yeah. Right. I mean, there was an ambulance. So, so Bo, what are, what are your deep thoughts of, uh, Oh, wow. You're expecting that. No, I was just saying it's more dated than I was expecting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's because we've watched some really fun movies lately. Um, you know, it's hard to say Misery was fun, but um, it didn't feel dated because it's a timeless story. Uh-huh. I felt I felt like this. Well, yes, it was very cop formulaic. A lot of the movie elements were dated. Um, it was fun seeing these actors in their in their ute, if you will. <laughs> right. Um, not a regular rewatch uh, for me, but yeah, one that I. But in a strange way, I am glad I've seen it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I, I hadn't seen it, and I, I'm, you know, glad I have now. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to Jason Colvin for picking this movie for us, and um, for being our thank uh, you being our co-executive producer of the podcast. So uh, a couple other things I didn't mention earlier, just some little trivia stuff about this movie. Uh, apparently Richard Gere and Andy Garcia really didn't like each other. And um, yeah, that was so, obvious. So some of the scenes were maybe not so much acting. Huh? I think uh, they, they specifically referenced the scene in the elevator mm. when they're kind of confronting okay. each other and uh, they, they a little, little, little bit of shoving here and there and, and uh Maybe some contact sports, but um, yeah, no, apparently did not like each other at all in real life. All right. There you so, go. Add a little creative tension on the set there. Yeah. Yeah. I It, it, it came cool. for, for the type of movie and the type of relationship they're supposed to have in this movie worked out perfectly. Yeah. So, yeah. That one, that one worked. Yeah. Um, I don't know how accurate this is. I don't know when this, I don't know where, where this is. I'm, 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 I'm not seeing like a a citation for this, where they got this from. But, um, apparently at one point in time, Richard Gere considered this his favorite movie of his own movies that he had made. Oh, wow. So good for him. Yeah. Interesting. So not sure, you know, not sure what interview that comes from or, or where that might've been. But, uh, apparently at one point in time, he did consider this one of his favorite movies. Nice. All right. Oh, Okay. Uh, the other thing, one of the other things, uh, Michael Bean, uh, he is, it was in uh, tombstone aliens. Uh, he was corporal Hicks in aliens. Um, he was Johnny Ringo in tombstone. He was originally considered for the role of van stretch. Interesting. So he would have done, he would have been good at that. He would have been fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Hudson, uh, sir. He's Hicks. You ever been mistaken for a man? Nope. Have you? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I don't think we have anything else, so I think it's probably about time for three questions. Yeah, man. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I really wish people... This needs to be like a YouTube podcast. Then people, I, I don't know about that. Then people... <laughs> Then people could see us dancing during the uh, during the transition music. 
Bigger than the Fortnite dances. Mm-hmm. Bigger yeah, than the Fortnite dances. I'm, I'm just saying, not everybody has ever seen me do the Batootsie. So that's all I'm saying. And, yeah. and you know what? I think I've I think I've uh, blessed the world by keeping that a secret. So every every man dies, John, but not every man lives. Not every man truly dances. All right. Okay, so our three questions this time around. Uh, this is one of those times I have not shared the questions with you ahead of time, whether that is a combination of life got busy or I don't know. Um, so here are the three questions. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit. So the pump has been primed, so to speak. Uh, question number one, Richard Gere, hero or villain? What do you like him as better? Mm. Do you like him as the, uh, I mean, he he tends to be, you know, he kind of tends to be either like the romantic interest for the movie, or he can be kind of like that, that like slimy villain kind of character. This goes against my inner like thing, but I got to say villain. Like he was so good as the villain in this. Maybe I'm going to be an adult and like, you know, say the villain. I kind of have to agree with you, Patrick. I think he, does it so well yeah that yeah i think so i think it gives him so much more depth yeah yeah and you know what it's funny because there's another movie maybe he's a cop and maybe this is the one you were referencing but richard gear is in the movie and it's the same thing where he's kind of like the bad guy but that one he's more like middle ground he's not like super bad he's not like good at all but he's just kind of like weak and he plays this guy that just kind of is weak as opposed to a real strong bad guy or real strong good guy you know or whatever and he brings his a game to that too so yeah, that's that's going to have to be my call is uh, I think Richard Gere is good as a bad guy. What about you, John? Which way are you coming on this? Yeah, I, I mean, I like him in the other ones. I mean, one of our favorite movies, uh, my wife and I, one of our favorite movies was uh, Runaway Bride, um, okay. which is kind of the uh, if you want. It, it's not a sequel to Pretty Woman, but it's the second time that he and Julia Roberts were in the movie together. Um but I mean, he does a lot of, you know, he, he did a series of movies in which, you know, he, he was in a bunch of thriller movies, um, you know, and, and played a pretty good, has played a pretty good villain character. And I think he just, he just does it very, very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think I might have to go with the, the villain on that one. Cause he just, um, like you said, I mean, he does it. Maybe it's unexpected, like maybe because early on, you know, he was he was, uh, you know, an officer and a gentleman and, you know, some of these other <laughs> movies that you wouldn't expect him. You'd be ex- because he's a fairly good looking guy. You kind of expect him to be the romantic lead. You expect him to be, yes. the, you know, like how you'd never expect Tom Hanks to be a villain in anything. Um, I think especially at that point in time. You probably just I, I'm, I'm blanking out on which one came first in 1990, but you might have just seen him in Pretty Woman, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I guess that's kind of the irony is you see him as the romantic lead in Pretty Woman. And in the exact same year, he plays this part in Internal Affairs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. 
when you can do both of yeah. those, you know, in the same year, you can do both of those parts. That's pretty good. So I don't know. I, I think I got to go with, I enjoy him in the romantic comedies and some of the other movies, but you know, I think he, he does do a very good villain. Yes. So I might, I might have to go with uh, Richard Gere as a villain. All right. Maybe I could say I'm changing gears on that one. Oh, can I say that? Oh, I think you just did. Can I say oh. that? Did I you guys, I don't think you appreciate the time and effort that I put into this. And John, we appreciate you. I actually put, I, do. I, we I see you. John. I, actually, I put, hey. I put no time and effort into that one <laughs> and, hey. and it shows. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks for all that you do. Hey, it, it was a choice of a new generation. I'm still on the Pepsi thing. I just don't. You're sticking with that. I'm, I'm, you're you're going to go into the mattresses with Pepsi. It's, it's definitely a choice. It is a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Here yep. I'm, I'm going to go completely, completely off on a tangent here. And okay, ask I'm you, now for something completely different. Something completely different, but kind of not different. Um, not related to the movie or the three questions at all. I tried to Google this the other day because I was explaining it to the children and I could not find anything. So maybe my Google game was very weak um, and, and I just needed to spend a little bit more time on it. Does anybody else remember when Coke had the red tabs on their cans and you could collect those and exchange them for prizes? Vaguely. Thank you. I was but worried. Like, I was worried it's that a this hazy was enough memory that it could be something I dreamt. You know okay. what I mean? Like I, I was worried that this was like the, the, Berenstein Bears multiverse thing. Well, just because you and I remember something doesn't rule that out. Well, that's true. Let's just okay. make sure everybody knows that. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know. I, I was explaining to this and I was like, yeah, there was this time when the like Coke cans had red tabs. And if you pulled off the red tabs and then you collected them, you could like turn them in for prizes. And mm-hmm. and they were looking at me like, they're I was like, like, yeah, sure. Dad, whatever. You would? I like, know I'll Google it. I'll show you. And then I tried Googling it and I'd, nothing came up. So let down by the Google. I was. All right. Number two, what's a cop movie or TV show that you love? doesn't have to be your favorite. Just tell me, tell me a cop movie or a TV show. That's one that you enjoy. Mm. Heat. Okay. Cop movie or TV show. This is deep for me because we watch a lot of those. Yeah. You were saying that. You know, I'm going to go completely like goofy here. I absolutely love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, cool. I have not watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It cracks me up. Okay. It is. And it's, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about Richard Gere and comedy versus dramatic and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So Andre Brower, um, an amazing actor he's in that show and it's the first time i i know he's done other comedy but it's the first time i've seen him in a comedy he's always been a a dramatic um actor as far as i was concerned Mm because i first saw him in another cop show oddly enough yeah Mm -hmm. but to see him who i just picture as like this stoic dramatic actor doing just slapstick comedy just i love it i just love it <laughs> throwing a little andy samberg and terry cruz and there you go <laughs> you know love it mm-hmm. 
John? <sighs> yeah. So we, I mean, we, we're making John make a choice here. I know. You know I'm going to make a choice. Well, I, I mean, I think my choice is kind of obvious. I mean, there is there is one cop movie, unless I'm forgetting something. There's one cop movie that I just enjoy maybe irrationally above all others. Um, and so I, I think I'd have to go with that one. I mean, I was always, I was always a big, um, law and order fan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's always, uh, did I, I, you know what? I forgot to, I forgot to see if I had it earlier. Do I have the, I was going to look to see if I have the, the law and order sound effect. Oh, I do see. I could have used that the entire episode. Um, I should have used that back when I was introducing the whole yeah, thing. I was going to say, yeah, you needed, needed that earlier. Um, I got to go demolition, man. There you go. I have, I have an irrational love for that movie and it's a good film. Oh man. It's yeah. And now I just want Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. And I want to find out what the You're three taking sh- me to Taco Bell. <laughs> I want to find out what the three shells are for. He doesn't know what the three shells are for. <sighs> so I don't know. It, and it, and that, I don't know. I don't want to say that's my favorite cop movie, but it's just, I, I do have just an irrational love for that movie. It's just, it's so goofy and so fun and just, yeah. It's kind of like your, uh, uh, one of your guilty pleasure kind of things though. It would be, but not, yeah. But not guilty because you it's a good movie, but guilty just because of how much you consume that movie. Just, just cause it's fun. I yeah. even went so far as to purchase the uh, comic book adaptation when it came out in the early nineties. Nice. So nice. Wow. I, I, I don't have even it. know if I knew that. I, I have it all. I have it all. All right. Last one. Question number three, which do you enjoy more cop drama or buddy cop? If you could, if you were on a desert Island and you were only allowed to pick one cop genre, that you could watch from now until the day that your bones rot on this desert Island cop drama or buddy cop. I'm going to have to go buddy cop. Yeah. I think I do too. As much as I love some good, uh, some good drama. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like some good drama is really good, but if you're going to pick something you enjoy more, I can keep coming back to Lethal Weapon and Die Hard if that kind of sort of counts or sure. you know, you know, the Rush Lethal Hour Weapon, Rush Hour movies. Rush Hour movies yeah. like yeah, I can keep coming back to all of that. Yeah. Like no no problem. So Yeah. Okay. I think it's probably the same for me. I think, you know, the buddy cop movies, usually those are action. They're also comedy. Um, if I had to pick one, I, like Bo said, I, I do enjoy a good cop drama. Um, you know, there's, there's plenty of good movies in that whole genre, but I think if I had to pick one and that would be the only one that I could consume, you know, for the rest of time, I would probably have to go with the buddy cop. It's mm-hmm. like, like you said, Pat, it's just, I mean, the lethal weapon movies, they're just so much fun. Yeah. The rush hour, yeah. the rush hour movies are fun. Uh, bad boys. Those are fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anybody mm-hmm. see the newest bad boy, the bad boys movie? I have not yet. I okay. think it's floating around on cable. Cause I feel like I saw it recently. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't remember when that one came out, but I feel like it was just right on the edge of the world falling apart. So mm-hmm. I don't think I ended up seeing it at all. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our three questions and that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. So thank you once again to Jason Colvin, one of the co-hosts of the Shirley, you can't be serious podcast. Go check those guys out at Shirley podcast on Twitter. Um, check out their podcast. I believe it is in all the different places you can get podcasts. Um, so go check that out. But, uh, thank you, Jason, for becoming a co-executive producer of the podcast and, uh, you know, just, uh, supporting our show and, um, you know, in, in turn, Go support their show as well. Um, you know, those are a bunch of bunch of great guys over there and great shows, you know, great topics that they bring up every single time. So uh, go check them out. Um, we have, so this episode was one of our uh, Patreon listeners choice episodes, internal affairs. Um, we've got coming up within the next few days, even um, our Tremors episode. We're in October, uh, so it's normally our horror month, but um, we had a couple of listeners choice episodes, so we kind of had to break in a little bit and um, insert those into the month. So October is chock full of episodes of, of bonus episodes too. Um, so here in just a few more days, we got coming up tremors. And then after that, uh, we've got our, uh, if you are a Patreon member, then there is an exclusive episode that you will be able to listen to. If you are a member at that level, um, there is an episode coming up for Brewster's millions from 1985. That's our first of our, uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. So that is a members only episode of the podcast. And then uh, a little bit after that, we've got our episode on misery, and Misery will finish us out for the month of October. And then coming up in November, we've got, uh, we started off with Quigley Down Under. Then we continue it with Rescuers Down Under. And then uh, it's kind of our tribute to Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the week after Rescuers Down Under will be Men at Work. And then the final week of November will be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Coming Out of Their Shells Tour. We're going to do an episode right. on that one. Uh, and right. then going forward each month, if you are a, if you are a Patreon member at that level, there will be an exclusive members only Patreon podcast coming out each and every month. So you'll have that uh, bonus episode in there for you as well as just kind of an extra thank you for helping to support the show and be a co-executive producer for us. I have not even told these guys yet what our bonus episode will be for the month of November. I kind of think they're going to like it. I don't think this is going to be one of those movies that it's going to be torture for them to rewatch it, even though I know for a fact they have seen it a million times before. Oh, gentlemen, Uh-oh. are you are you ready? I am. My soul is prepared. Dr. Jones, how is yours? My soul is prepared as well. There you go. Our Patreon exclusive episode for the month of November. 40 years ago in the year 1980. We heard these epic words. I am your father. Oh, wow. There it is. So that is Very our, nice. that is our Patreon is the 40th anniversary of the empire strikes back. Wait, I thought that was Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. I'm sorry. We can do that one too. If you want to, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I am kidding. <laughs> empire uh-huh. strikes back. That no. is outstanding. We can do, we could do a video episode and call it, uh, uh Indiana Jones and the temple of zoom and just change oh, it up. slightly. Oh, there it is. There you go. Just change it up slightly. That's it. Yeah. My virtual background is going to be the giant uh, stone ball rolling towards me. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the one. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to do Indiana Jones virtual background, that's the one right there. Oh, yeah. I don't know that there's a better one than that. Mm-mm. Because no. like 
that you say Indiana Jones, that's what you see in your head. Yep. You know, that big boulder coming yep. at you. I need to get I need to get a video version of that that I could put as my backdrop because that would be Yes. I would feel much better about joining meetings if I knew that that was constantly there. Just running Most on impressive. running on a loop. Yeah. Most so. impressive. <laughs> most impressive um so yes so that will be our patreon exclusive uh i'm sure it will be torture for us to record that one because i mean it's star wars yeah. nobody nobody likes star wars um right. but anyway that's empire strikes back from uh, 1980 40th anniversary this year that will be our patreon exclusive for the month of november um and then uh then coming up in december we'll have another patreon exclusive we'll announce that one as it gets a little bit closer to the month of december and then um that is our we're ending december with a a nice holiday theme mutants and rebels um so our month of december is edward scissorhands rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead pump up the volume and teenage mutant ninja turtles huh so ending the year off with a bang awesome all right. Well, that's going to do it for this time around. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time. See ya.